trying to get in. He's always trying to hone in on, uh, you know, on, on my stuff, but that's okay. This is John Martinoni, your host for the program. As I said, it's Balaam's Ride, a, a program offered by Queen of Heaven Radio here in Birmingham, Alabama. AM 1480, and as uh, Bishop Baker just said as we uh, right before we came on the air, it's a, a station that is dedicated to truth in broadcasting. And speaking of Bishop Baker, he was scheduled to be on our program a couple of weeks ago, had to reschedule. Uh, something came up in his bishop's schedule that was more important than being on this show, although I, I really can't imagine what that could have been. But uh, he is going to be on as our guest the first half of the hour next week, uh, September 25th. So tune in if you've ever wanted to ask Bishop Baker a question. You'll have your chance to uh, call in, ask him a question, or email a question in if you want to do that. Or if you don't know Bishop Baker, uh, if he's not your bishop here in the Diocese of Birmingham, if you've just ever wanted to ask a bishop a question, you know, what's it like being a bishop? Uh, when you met the Pope, what was he like? Things, things of, of that nature, or, or, you know, whatever you can think of. Then tune in next week, September 25th, for Balaam's Ride, uh, the first half of the hour, and Bishop Robert Baker of the Diocese of Birmingham in, in Alabama will be our guest. Uh, as I said, uh, we're dedicated to truth in broadcasting here at WQOH, Queen of Heaven Radio. And what I want to do with this program today, the the main topic I'm going to get into, although there will probably be others as well as, as we go through the program, is I want to talk about questions that Protestants can't answer. And that's a theme of uh, how I do apologetics. I'm always asking questions. You know, I always tell Catholics wherever I go to speak at a, a conference or a parish. And I was just in the, the Diocese of Nashville this past weekend speaking to their catechetical conference, to their, their uh, PSR catechists, their, their um, Catholic school teachers and so forth, teaching them about apologetics. And I always tell them, so, you know, Catholics are always on the defensive we're always being asked questions about our faith, and the questions usually begin, where in the Bible is such and such? Where in the Bible does it say anything about Mary being assumed into heaven? Where in the Bible does it say anything about a pope? Where in the Bible does it say anything about confessing your sins to a man instead of going straight to God, and, and so forth and so on? Well, I always tell Catholics we need to learn how to ask questions as well as answer them. Yes, you answer the question, but then you ask your own question— and wait to get an answer. And so some questions that I have asked of Protestants and I've dealt with, I don't know, a couple thousand Protestants via email, telephone, uh, on the radio, or, or uh, in person over the last 15 years or so. And there's some questions that I just don't get answers to. So I came up with uh, the theme, questions Protestants can't answer. Now, I'm not saying they can't give an answer, but is it an answer that's coherent with Scripture, with common sense and logic? For example, the first uh, such question, where in the Bible does it say that we should go by the Bible alone when it comes to all matters pertaining faith and morals? And this is known as uh, a belief in sola scriptura, only the Bible, the Bible alone. Many of our Protestant brothers and sisters, in fact, I think most of them, I, I don't know that I've come across an exception yet, 
Most of them say that they go by the Bible and the Bible alone as their sole rule of faith. Now, some will say, well, it's the sole infallible rule of faith. They'll say we do believe in some tradition here and there. But when they're asked about that, asked about the tradition, they say, well, I believe in the tradition as long as it doesn't violate the Bible, uh, as long as it can be found in the Bible and so forth. So in other words, it really is the Bible alone as their sole rule of faith, the, the, the sole authority that they consult to see if something is um, is, is a, a true teaching of the faith or not, or if it's a, a true set of morals or not, if it is moral or not. So on matters of faith and morals, the Bible is their sole authority. So where in the Bible does it say that we should go by the Bible alone when it comes to all matters pertaining to faith and morals? Which scripture verse? Give me book, chapter, and verse. And the answer is, there is no such scripture verse. Now, there are a few scripture verses that people point to and say, see, right there it says to go by scripture alone. But the problem is, those passages don't really say what they think they say. Uh, if you actually read them and pay attention to what the words on the paper, on the page, are really saying. For example, this is the the most common verse that I've ever had people uh, give to me as as evidence that we should go by the Bible alone, as scriptural evidence that we should go by the Bible alone. And that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, which says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and so on, that the man of God may be complete. Or in some um, translations it will say the man of God may be perfect, uh, equipped for every good work. There, the Protestant will say, right there it says Scripture alone is all that is necessary for the man of God to be complete or to be perfect. Well, not so fast, folks. Catholics agree with that passage 100%. Just like Catholics agree with every single passage, every single verse of Scripture 100%. But nowhere does the verse say Scripture alone is the sole rule of faith for Christians. Nor does it say that Scripture is the only thing that the man of God needs to be complete. Let me uh, read that verse again. First Timothy, or uh, rather Second Timothy, three verses sixteen and seventeen says here. Um, well, now I'm in the first letter of Timothy. See, I'm Catholic, though I can't be expected to know where something is in the Bible, right? Okay, 2 Timothy 3, 16, uh, 17. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, notice, number one, it doesn't say Scripture alone. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God. Catholics agree. It, all scripture is profitable for teaching. Catholics agree. All scripture is um, profitable for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. 
all Catholics agree that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Catholics agree. But again, it doesn't say Scripture alone. I mean, this, this word that the man of God may be cur- perfect or complete. Well, if you go to James chapter 1, verse 4, you find that word perfect again or complete. It says, uh, James 1, verse 4, And let steadfastness, or patience is another translation, let steadfastness, or patience, have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, if you interpret Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 as being scripture alone is necessary for the man of God to be complete, well, in First James, it says patience alone, then, is all that is necessary for the man of God to be complete. So you've got a little bit of a problem there. Furthermore, what scripture is Second Timothy talking about? Well, if you go back just one verse, Paul writing to Timothy says, uh, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This passage, this number one passage that Protestants point to as proving, as, as giving scriptural proof for the doctrine or the dogma of sola scriptura, this passage is actually talking about the Old Testament. So if you show that to them in context, well, then they've got a problem because essentially what they're saying then is Paul was telling Timothy that the Old Testament was all Timothy needed, that that was all the scripture that Timothy needed in order to be complete, equipped for every good work. Well, you and I, Christians, we we know that that's not true. So there are multiple problems with this um, belief of sola scriptura, the fact that scripture does not support the belief that scripture alone is the sole rule of faith. Again, no argument from Catholics on this verse as long as this verse is interpreted properly and in context. So that's a question the Protestants can't answer because, again, nowhere in the Bible does it say we are to go by the Bible alone for all of our beliefs on what is Christian faith and what are Christian morals. Okay, and if you want to be a part of the program, I forgot to mention this at the top of the hour, if you want to be a part of the program today, you can do that by calling in to 205-714-7014, that's 205-714-7014. To, to ask a question or to make a comment. And it can be a, a question on what I'm talking about or, or anything about the Catholic faith or religion in general, what's on your mind. Or you can email us. Simply send an email to john, J-O-H-N, at BibleChristianSociety.com. john at BibleChristianSociety.com. And put in the subject line, uh, Balaam's Ride or Radio Show or Question for Radio Show or something along those lines so I can distinguish it from the other email that I might be receiving. Okay, another question 
that Protestants can't answer. Now, I invite any Protestants uh, to call in or to email and say, hey, John, you've got it wrong. Let's talk about this. In fact, what I used to do when I was on evangelical radio doing a Catholic radio show, I would always offer, and I'll make the same offer here, anyone listening who is a Protestant minister, associate minister, pastor, anything like that, if you ever want to come on this program, either live or via phone, I I invite you to do so. If you want to come on, if you want to agree with something Catholic, you want to disagree with something Catholic, would love to have you on the program. Just shoot me an email, john at biblechristiansociety.com. Be happy to have you on as our guest, and we can talk about Mary, we can talk about salvation, we can talk about uh, works, the sacraments, so forth, infant baptism, whatever you want to talk about, I'll be happy to uh, engage in a conversation with you. Okay, or if you're not a pastor or something, go to your pastor and say, hey, pastor, this Catholic guy is inviting you to come on and talk to all these Catholic folks on the radio, so you ought to take advantage of that. All right, another question Protestants can't answer. We'll get this one in before we go to our first break. Where in the Bible does it list the books which should be part of the Bible? Which scripture verse says these are the books that should be in the Bible? As many of you know, there are there's a difference in the Catholic and Protestant Bible. 73 books in the Catholic Bible, but only 66 books in the Protestant Bible. That's because Martin Luther, at the time of the the deformation, he rejected seven books of the Old Testament. He tossed them out of his Bible. They'd been in the Bible, in the Christian Bible, for hundreds and hundreds of years. Martin Luther comes along, decides he doesn't like what's in those books. On his own authority, he tosses them out. So that's why the Catholic Bible and the Protestant Bible is different. Well, who was it? Why do we have the books in the Bible in the first place? Whether you have 66 books or, or 73 books, why are they there? Who decided that they, those are the inspired word of God? You know, if you know anything about the history of, of the Bible, you know that in the first three centuries of Christianity, well, almost the first four centuries of Christianity, well, I'll, I'll say 300 years after the uh, death of Christ, there were disputes as to what should and should not be included in the Bible amongst Christians. Some Christians' communities didn't regard, say, Second Peter, Second and Third John, Revelation, Hebrews, and a few other books as Scripture. Other Christian communities regarded books like uh, the Letter of Barnabas, the, the Didache, uh, the um, the works, of the Acts of Paul, the Acts of Peter, and other such books as Scripture. Well, who ended up deciding? Was it the Lutheran Church back in the 4th century that decided which book should be in the Bible? No. The Baptist Church, the Evangelical Church? No, it was the Catholic Church. And the fact of the matter is they had to decide because there is no list of books in the Bible that tells us which book should be in the Bible. So if you go by Scripture alone, you've got a problem because you can't get your Bible going by scripture alone because the Bible doesn't tell us which book should be in the Bible. The table of contents, contrary to what some people may think, is not inspired scripture. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break now. When we come back, 
We'll get to uh, any of your questions if you've made a call or, or email. The email address is john at biblechristiansociety.com. Or you can call us 205-714-7014 to be on the program with your question or comment. And we will continue with more questions Protestants can't answer after this break. So stay tuned. Support for programming on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio comes in part from Paul Bruno and Cahaba Custom Cars. Specializing in classic car restorations, paint and body work, classic car rentals for weddings, they're located one block from the summit in Cahaba Heights. Their phone number is 205-936-4966. That number again, 205-936-4966. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be questioning their faith. Let's say a prayer to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? This is Dr. Peter Van Hoy. I'm a plastic surgeon at Premier Plastic Surgery in Birmingham. We've been using Crabtree Computer Services for over eight years for all of our technology needs. They service our PCs, our servers, and our backups. They also manage our website for Google Marketing. Patrick and his staff are knowledgeable, courteous, and fast. I highly recommend Crabtree Computer Services. They've done a terrific job for us. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205 205- Five eight two four seven seven two two. That's two zero five eight two four seven seven two two. Or come see us on Highway thirty one in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. Hey, folks, you're looking for some help with a home improvement project, a fixer upper, maybe building a deck, or some plumbing or electrical work. Or are you looking at buying a new house and you need someone that you can depend upon to come in and inspect that house for you? Well, I've got just the person for you. Jamie Cather was once named Carpenter of the Year in Dallas, Texas. He's also licensed by the state of Alabama as a home inspector. I've used him personally at our house for small to mid-sized projects. And Queen of Heaven Radio has used him for several projects, none of which he has charged us for. So if you want quality work... For a very affordable price for a home improvement project, a fixer-upper project, or for a home inspection, Jamie Cather is the man to call. You can reach him at 296-2490. That number again, 296-2490. Tell him you heard about him on Queen of Heaven Radio, and he'll give you a discount to his already discounted quotes.
listening to Balaam's Ride, The Edge of Catholic Radio. This is John Martinoni, your host, coming to you from deep within the Chancery Building of the Diocese of Birmingham in Alabama. We're in the uh, very heavily used VCR tape library. You can imagine the amount of traffic. So while we're on the show, people just going back and forth, checking out these uh, VCR tapes. Anyway... Uh, we were talking today about questions Protestants can't answer. If you have a question or comment to make, you can reach us by phone, 205-714-7014. That's 205-714-7014. Or by email, john at biblechristiansociety.com. But before we get back to our... Um, our program, the talking about the questions Protestants can't answer. What we do here each week, at least we've done it each week so far, not necessarily going to do it every week into the future, we have what we call the Bible theme song. We play a little snippet of a song, and you can call in and guess who, which character in the Bible, whose theme song would that be? Um, so which character of the Bible does it apply to? And you can, the first person to call in will get a, a free set of apologetic CDs from the Bible Christian Society. And the first, first person to call in with the correct answer. And the first person to email with the correct answer. So two sets of apologetic CDs from the Bible Christian Society will be going out. One for the first correct caller, one for the first correct emailer. And again, the phone number is 205 714 7014, and the email address is john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at biblechristiansociety.com. So we'll go ahead and play the Bible theme song now, and you call in or email in with your uh, guess as to the answer. I've just closed my eyes again. Dream Weaver. Which character of the Bible? Now, there may be possibility here of a, you could get a few different answers, but I'm looking for one specific answer that it applies to most excellently. That's uh, Dream Weaver. That was uh, Gary Wright back from, I think, uh, spring of 1976, somewhere around there. Again, the phone number to call, 205 714 7014 or email john at biblechristiansociety.com john at biblechristiansociety.com and win a free set of CDs, apologetic CDs from the Bible Christian Society. Alright, and while that's happening we're going to take another, or look at another question that Protestants can't answer. And this is something, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you Catholics, with your tradition, you need to go by the Bible alone. There's all this tradition you guys have. It's man-made tradition, and it's, it's contrary to the Word of God and so forth. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, is that our Protestant brothers and sisters, evangelical brothers and sisters and so forth, they all have their own traditions too. And they have traditions that they absolutely rely upon that they view as being um, basically inerrant or uh, infallible because uh, they, they believe in them so completely and so thoroughly, yet these traditions aren't in the Scripture. So you can ask someone who goes by sola scriptura, by the Bible alone, this question. Where in the Bible does it say that public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle? What's the Scripture verse? In other words, most Protestants, in fact, uh, I think I've come across one or two maybe that don't believe this, but most Protestants believe that Scripture is closed, that you can add no more inspired Scripture to the Bible. Again, Catholics believe this. We believe that 73 books, that's it. Not 72, not 74, you can't add anymore. Protestants believe 66 books, and they believe you can't add anymore. Well, where in the Bible does it say that you can't add any more Scripture? In other words, where in the Bible does it say that public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle? No such Scripture verse. And and again, I use this question to to also show Bible-only believers that they believe in non-biblical traditions. So why are you upset if Catholics believe in what you consider to be non-biblical traditions when you believe in non-biblical traditions? All right, I think we've got uh, phone and email answers to our Bible theme song. Let's play the Bible theme song one more time and then we'll go to the phone to Jim to see if he has the correct answer. I've just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream weaver train. Trying to take away my worries of today. All right, uh, Jim, we're waiting to see if you have the correct answer to the Bible theme song. Hey, John, I think it's going to be Joseph. That's my guess. Joseph. There's a few yes. different Josephs. The Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph uh-huh. of the Old Testament. Absolutely yes. right. So, uh, right. J- Jim, did our screener get your uh, your uh, address and everything for us? Yes. To- Sure did, huh? Very sure did. good. Uh-huh. Well, you are absolutely correct. Joseph of the Old Testament, for those of you who don't know, you can pick it up in the latter part of Genesis. He was someone that uh, had dreams, and, and he was able to, and Pharaoh, Pharaoh went to him with his dreams, and Joseph was able to dream weave for the Pharaoh. He was able to tell the Pharaoh what these dreams meant. So, Jim, appreciate you listening. Uh, are you enjoying the program? Love it, yes, uh huh. Good, very good. Well, I appreciate it. I, I was one of your first callers for Bayless Round your first day. Oh, yeah. awesome. You yeah. know, when when we get our, our, our act completely together here, we'll have to have a, a Balaam's Ride Hall of Fame and maybe get you to come down and put your hands and, and feet imprints <laughs> in the stone or something. 
<laughs> Sounds good. You can count on it. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, we'll get those CDs out to you here in a, in a couple of days or so. That sounds great. All right. Thanks for your call and for listening. And online, the first person who we had uh, a few people call, uh, email in with the correct answer. The first person who got it is, let's see. Well, it's Paul Mathers. I believe Paul uh, out in the Dallas area. And he got it correct. Joseph of the Old Testament. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, we pause for the Orson Welles War of the Worlds News Bulletin. The White House issued a statement this morning admitting that the president was operating on bad intelligence in regard to the Syrian army using chemical weapons that killed hundreds of Syrian children. The spokesman said the mistake was traced to a translation error. It turns out the report received by the White House, instead of saying that hundreds of children died as a result of chemical weapons, quote unquote, it should have read, quote, hundreds of children died as a result of chemical abortions. Gotten an answer to this. Never had anybody even attempt to answer. That question is, do you believe the writer of the Gospel of Mark was inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? And I also, basically I say, Who wrote the Gospel of Mark, and how do you know? And was the writer of the Gospel of Mark inspired by the Holy Spirit? And they'll say, well, Mark wrote the Gospel of Mark. I'll say, well, how do you know that? Because in the Bible, when it says the Gospel of Mark, and then you start reading Mark chapter 1, verse 1, well, that Gospel of Mark was put in there by the publisher. That's not inspired scripture, because we don't have a signed original copy of the Gospel of Mark that was signed by somebody named Mark. We don't have it. It's not in existence. We have ancient manuscripts, which are copies of copies of copies of the original, but no original. So, and and furthermore, uh, there's nothing in that gospel or anywhere else in scripture that says somebody named Mark wrote Mark. So how do you know Mark? And it's generally accepted that this Mark was the companion uh, spoken of in Acts of the Apostles, who was a companion of both Peter and Paul, and particularly the secretary for Peter. And, and oftentimes scholars will call this the Gospel of Peter because Mark basically wrote down, as one uh, of the ancient church fathers says, wrote down what he received from Peter as to the life of Christ. So, but how do you know that? from scripture alone we don't nowhere in the bible does it say mark wrote the gospel of mark and that this mark was inspired by the holy spirit so the only way you can know that mark wrote the gospel of mark and that he was inspired by the holy spirit when he wrote the gospel of mark is if some authority outside of scripture tells you again it's it's basically what i call a, a setup question Every Christian believes the writer of Mark was inspired. 
But again, the question is why? Why does a Bible-only believer believe that the writer of the Gospel of Mark was inspired by the Holy Spirit? Since the Bible nowhere tells him such a thing, and since the Bible is the sole authority for them in matters of faith and morals, why do they believe it? This is yet another tradition that people who don't think they believe in tradition actually believe in. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll continue with more of Balaam's Ride. This is John Martinoni. Hope you're enjoying the program. And if you want to be with us on the program today, have a question or comment, you can email us, john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at biblechristiansociety.com, or give us a call, 205 714 7014 205-714-7014. And we'll be back after this. Hi, folks. Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now, you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? My name is John Herod, and I've been a very satisfied customer with Crabtree for the past three years. I have their Forget About It plan for my home PC, where for one low monthly fee, Crabtree monitors my PC for remote and keeps it updated and running really fast. And whenever I have any problem at all, and I've had my share, I call them, and they come in from remote and fix it right then and there. If they can't fix it from remote, they come on site and fix it for free. Crabtree does a great job. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be battling an addiction. Let's pray the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join us for Food, Fun, and Fellowship Sunday, October 13th from noon to 4 at the annual St. Aloysius Catholic Church and School Fall Festival. Inflatables, wristband games, arts and crafts, and don't forget the food, Italian sausage, hot dogs, hamburgers, fries, popcorn, and lemonade. St. Aloysius is located at 751 Academy Drive, Bessemer, Alabama. The annual Fall Festival Sunday, October 13th from noon to 4. St. Aloysius Church and School. We're here today to ask people about marriage. For starters, what's the best thing about being married? Who I get to stay married to. (laughs) Togetherness. To me, is having a companion. My favorite thing about being married is that I have a partner. Do you think your marriage is good for more than just the two of you? Uh, Does it influence those around us? 
in a positive way? I think so. I would hope that people would see that uh, when we're together that we really have a very true affection for each other. What everybody wants and we know we're lucky to have it. The energy we give out in our home, I think, spreads out to other people. Your marriage just continues to go on and on and on. Oh, sure, and affect generations after us. I think it really sort of stabilizes your whole community. It's a cornerstone of a society, right? Sounds like a good marriage goes a long way. It touches a lot of people. Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right. Hope you're enjoying the program today. This is Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio. John Martinoni here, your host for the program. And just a reminder, next week on the first half of our program, which airs every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Time, that's 12 to 1 Eastern Time, we have, uh, we're on the air on, on a.m. 1480 a.m. here in the Birmingham area, Birmingham, Alabama, in case you happen to be listening in Birmingham, England. Or you can hear us online at www.queenofheavenradio.com. Just click on Listen Live. And next week we'll have Bishop Robert Baker, Bishop of the, Bur- of the Diocese of Birmingham in Alabama, as our guest for the first half of the program. We've got a, uh, an email has come in. I want to answer this question. We've been talking about questions Protestants can't answer, but now we're, let's switch a little bit. This is from Eric, listening in Phoenix, Arizona. Love your show, John. Obviously an intelligent listener. Very intelligent. I was talking with a Nazarene Christian who questioned the need for priest. She said that through Christ we all entered into a priesthood. She said that if priests are so integral to the faith, they must have been present from the very beginning. So where in the Bible do we see ordained priest? Thanks, Eric and Phoenix. Okay, Eric, a few things. Number one, in James chapter 5... Verse uh, 15, what do we see? It says, uh, well, actually, verse 14, uh, James writes, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. In other words, there's a specific group of people that can do this anointing, the elders of the church. Well, who are the elders? Well, we see from uh, Timothy, Titus, the elders were bishops. So the bishops were there from the very beginning, and uh, the bishops are basically priests. They are priests in the fullness of the sense. Now, eventually the bishops needed helpers, and so we have the priest uh, as we have them today, the priesthood. Those are basically, they are extensions of the bishop. But another very important passage, this is one not a lot of people even know, refer to or even know what it's talking about, is in Jude, the letter of Jude, verse, let me start with verse 10, verses 10 and 11. But these men revile whatever they do not understand, and by those things that they know by instinct as irrational animals do, they are destroyed. Verse 11, woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain, and abandon themselves for the sake and gain of Balaam's error, and perish in Korah's rebellion. 
Well, okay. Now remember, Jude is talking about people in the New Testament era. And he says, they walk in the way of Cain, abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error. And the third one here is the the money one for this question. And perish in Korah's rebellion. Well, what was Korah's rebellion? Well, if you go back to Numbers 16, chapter 16 of Numbers, verse 1 and following, Korah was the son of Izhar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, etc. And it says that uh, uh, Korah gathered some men together against Moses and Aaron, who was Aaron, the high priest, and said to them, You have gone too far, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Just like your Nazarene Christian who said that through Christ we all entered into the priesthood. There's nobody different. That's exactly what Korah was saying to Moses and Aaron and, and the, the priest. Why have you exalted yourself as, uh, among this, uh, above the, sem- uh, the assembly? And Moses said to Korah, this is verse 8 of number 16, Hear now, you sons of Levi, is it too small a thing for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them, and that he has brought you near him and all your brethren, the sons of Levi, with you? Would you seek the priesthood also? That was Korah's error. Korah's rebellion. He was seeking the priesthood. He was saying, we're all the same, you, Moses, and Aaron, and you other priests. God is among all of us. We're all the same. Well, now, again, in Jude, verse 11, there are people in the New Testament who are perishing in Korah's rebellion. They're doing the exact same thing that this Nazarene Christian you mentioned are doing. They're saying, there is no difference between anyone. No one has been separated and put apart by God for the priesthood. That's what Korah's rebellion is, was, and that's what they were doing in the Old Testament as well as the New. The proof is in the pudding right there in Jude verse 11. All right, and I think we've got a call. Uh, We've got Daniel on the line. Daniel, what's your question or comment? Daniel, are you there? Yes. Well, what's your question or comment? My uh, question is about the uh, differences between the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. Um, the more I study, I find that uh, the way thing, decisions were made in the um, Apostolic Church and early in the Church history was that there would be a Church, uh, what do you call it? A, council. Uh, council, thank you. And... Um, I find that with in the West there was only one patriarchate that of Rome, and so that would that could lead to some good things, but it could also lead for to potential for uh, abuse. And um, you know, it's uh, when I read about, say, for example, some uh, Jesuits who encountered some Aleutians who you know. Uh, Aleuts who had converted to the Russian Orthodox Church, and they were persecuted and even uh, uh, killed for their faith. And I'm sure there's been uh, evils on both sides, but it 
it's a horrendous uh, thing. Okay, well, let me, let me get to the, the question, because you're right. There have been abuses on both sides. Orthodox, uh, there's Catholic saints who were martyred by people who were Russian Orthodox, uh, of the Orthodox faith. There are Orthodox, undoubtedly. I had not heard of that particular story of the Jesuits and the Aleuts, mm. but... Um, that were were martyred by Catholics, and there were Protestants who were who were um, uh, killed for their faith. There were Catholics killed by Protestants for yes. their faith. I mean, you look um, at England; the, the whole uh, history of oh, under yeah. Queen Elizabeth and so forth, King Henry VIII. So all of that. But the the difference between the Orthodox and the Catholics. Number one, you say, well, with just one main patriarch, the the Bishop of Rome, there's potential for abuse. Well, there is if the institution is is fully and is totally guided by a human being, a, a just a human. If if God has no um, no say so whatsoever in the guidance of the church, but as we believe as Catholics, the the Roman Pontiff, the Bishop of Rome, is guided by the Holy Spirit and and guided by the Holy Spirit in such a way that. Well, not that he can't commit sin or he can't make mistakes or, or such, but that he will never teach error in doctrine or dogma to the entire church. The Holy Spirit, it's a negative charism. The Holy Spirit prevents him from teaching error. And we have um, instances of this in Scripture where Jesus, in, in Luke 10, he tells the disciple, his apostles you, who go out, he says, whosoever hears you, hears me. Well, that means they can't be teaching error, and whoever rejects you rejects me. Uh, in Matthew 16, he tells Peter, you, are the, you have the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, so that Peter won't bind or loose error, then he has to be guided with a special protection by the Holy Spirit, and so do his successors. The Orthodox churches, as I understand it, uh, their bishops, the, the main patriarchs, Constantinople, uh, Alexandria, Jerusalem, and uh, Antioch. Antioch. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, their bishops participated in the early church councils, but once the split between East and West was complete, uh, around in the 11th century, I think around 1080, 84, somewhere around there, or 1054. About 1054. 54 is the right. That that's the generally accepted date. Yes. But uh, that after that, as far as I know, the Western Church kept calling ecumenical councils, but I don't know that the Eastern Church ever did. Now, they may meet uh, amongst themselves and have them, but I am not aware of any ecumenical councils being called by the Orthodox churches, Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Bulgarian, Albanian, etc. So that's a, a big difference. And I, I believe the problem there would be they can't call any councils because they don't have a pope to be able to ratify such councils. So that's the authority thing is one of the, the main differences. There are other differences. There are some differences in, uh, in, in I think, doctrine, I believe, the, uh, and, and some of the practices. I believe the Orthodox allow divorce and remarriage in a way that the Catholics don't. I don't know if, if all the Orthodox churches uh, teach that contraception is intrinsically evil. Uh, I don't know. I, I've heard things back and forth on whether or not they believe in purgatory or not. I, I think there is some belief along those lines, but it hasn't necessarily been fully developed. So, so those are the differences, main differences, between 
uh, Orthodox and Catholic as I understand them. But, uh, Daniel, I appreciate your call. We're going to have to cut off this this, uh, question right now because we've got to take a quick break and come back for our final segment. So stay with us, folks. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be suffering hardship in the current economy. Let's pray the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you know that the license tag on your car could save a life? Purchase a Choose Life tag for your car and help a local crisis pregnancy center in your county. By purchasing a Choose Life tag, you not only will have a rolling billboard on your car that promotes life, but 100% of the funds help your local pregnancy center provide free services to those women facing a crisis pregnancy. So get your Choose Life license tag and join thousands of others who are promoting life in our state. For more information, go to ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And thank you for choosing life. The St. John Vianney Vocation Society invites all altar servers of the Birmingham Diocese and their families to join the Most Reverend Robert J. Baker for celebration of the Mass at the 6th Annual Altar Server Recognition Event. This year, altar servers and their families have the option of attending Saturday, September 28th at 11 a.m. at Holy Spirit Church in Huntsville or Sunday, September 29th at 2 p.m. at the Cathedral of St. Paul in Birmingham. For more details, contact Margaret Tolliver at 205-914-6682 or Christina Simmons at 256-603-0225 or email sjvvs.bhm at gmail.com. Altar Server Recognition Event, Saturday, September 28th at 11 a.m. at Holy Spirit Catholic Church in Huntsville or Sunday, September 29th at 2 p.m. at the Cathedral of St. Paul in Birmingham. Funding for Queen of Heaven Radio is brought to you in part by our loyal listeners and by Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics. Located at 415 West Oxmoor Road, their phone number is 942-2270. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics are committed to providing high-quality orthodontic care in a unique setting that is fun, warm, and comfortable. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics, 415 West Oxmoor Road, 942-2270. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be mourning the loss of a loved one. Let's pray the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin. Oh, well, I've got no problem with that. Balaam's Ride. 
the edge of Catholic radio. Before we get out here of here today, there's a story I wanted to share with you. Some of it uh, got off the internet uh, a few weeks ago. It's in, it's the it's entitled "You've Contracepted Our Parochial School Out of Existence." It's written by a priest, a Father Timothy uh, Sape, I believe it is. It starts it's June. It's from LifeSiteNews.com from June 24th. A stranger came into the sacristy after Sunday Mass. In an incriminating huff, he said, I have been away from the area for 15 years. Where are the people? And now you are tearing down the school. I went there as a kid. I put up my hands to quiet him from further talking. I calmly said, let me ask you a question. How many kids did you have? He said, two. Then I said, so did everyone else. When you only have two kids per family, there is no growth. His demeanor changed, and then he dropped his head and said, and they aren't even going to Mass anymore. And Father goes on to say, I have modestly preached against contraception and sterilization, but for many of my parishioners, it is too late. Most of them are done with raising more children. They've had their two kids 20, 30, 40 years ago, and some women don't want to hear about the culture of death. They decide to go to other priests where the pastor doesn't prick their consciences. And then he goes on to say, this is very interesting. I am reminded of a diocesan official in his talk to us young pro-life, pro-family priests 20 years ago. He said, quote, yes, you can preach against abortion and contraception, but remember, you have to put a roof over your churches, unquote. Now our diocese is closing and merging these same parishes, but you know what? They all have good roofs. In other words, you can put the roof on short term, but long term, if you don't have the kids... You're going to close the parish anyway. And he goes on. This is a very, I thought this was very interesting. He says, pastors, if the demographic winter or bomb seems someone else's problem, try this at your parish as I recently did at mine. I took the last 10 burials and printed out their obituaries. At Saints Peter and Paul Cemetery, we had six men and four women with an average age of 80 years. With the 10, I counted the number of siblings for a total of 45 and divided by 10, which came to 4.5 children per family for that generation. Then I counted the 10's children and divided by 10. The next generation had 28 kids, which I divided by 10 and came to 2.8 per family. I then moved on to the third generation, the grandchildren. These 10 deceased had 48 grandchildren from their 28 children. When dividing these numbers, I came to a figure of 1.714 per family. The national average number of children per household is 1.91, while the replacement level is 2.1 children per family. But I thought Father was very astute in saying, quoting from that diocesan official, said, yeah, you can preach about abortion and contraception, but in essence he's telling them you're going to lose your people and you won't be able to keep a roof on the church. Well, they didn't preach about abortion and contraception. Very few priests still today are teaching about contraception and yet the churches are closing. And as he said, they have good roofs on them, but they're closing anyway, and the schools are closing because Catholics did not have children, and the priests weren't there telling them, hey, stop contracepting. It's intrinsically evil, and there are other things, you know, it is contrary to the will of God. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. We had a question from Thomas via email. Thomas, sorry I didn't get to it today. I will... uh, Uh, Take it up. One of the first things next, well, in the second half of next week's program, we've got Bishop Robert Baker of the Diocese of Birmingham as our guest in the first half. So hopefully all of you will um, come back next week. 
Tell your friends about us. Again, locally, you can hear us AM 1480 in Birmingham or queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet. And Balaam's Ride is the program. Again, my name is John Martinoni. I'm your host for the program, and we'll be back next week. In two weeks, won't have a show, or may, if we can, we'll maybe do a, a replay of a show, as I will be out of town. But next week, we'll be here. Again, first half of the show, Bishop Robert Baker, and then we'll get to your questions and maybe some more of these questions Protestants can't answer. God bless. Have a great week.